grace is the divine dynamic that gives me the power and the desire to do what God is asking me to do. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. And now, your hosts, Bill Eliff and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast. I'm Kyle Reno. This is Bill Eliff. We are honored to have you take some time and listen today in hopes of building our faith for the future revival and awakening that we're believing God for. Amen. It's coming. I There were days, Kyle, when I wouldn't say that. Right. And I mean, and who am I? But I really believe we are right on the cusp of the next great awakening in our nation. Come on. I'm, I'm with you. And, yeah. and that's real talk. That's yeah. real talk. I, we, Bill and I were talking before, and uh, in light of today starting a series that I am so excited about, some mm-hmm. things that God's birthed in Bill's heart, really l- landing in a specific part of the book of James. Mm-hmm. And what I love, I, for me, not growing up in the faith, I remember when I was first reading James, I was like, oh, I get James. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so practical. So practical. And yeah. and this is the thing that I, I think we all realize, is is somebody, some many times, you just need somebody that'll keep it real. Mm-hmm. That'll just let's get real about where you really are. Mm-hmm. You know. And I feel like the book of James, and specifically in light of revival, mm-hmm. that James sort of bores down by the power of the spirit mm-hmm. into the heart of a believer mm-hmm. and said, Let's let's get real about where you really, really are. Well, and and we're gonna spend our time for several weeks here. Right. Uh, in James chapter four, just talking about patterns mm. of personal revival, and and Kyle, this starts off with such a kind of an astounding statement because uh, he's talking to Christians and he says, "You adulteresses." <laughs> well, I got real quick. <laughs> <laughs> got real quick. He he says, verse four. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility? Towards God, therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Mm. I mean, and, and you know, just think about this: that God would say, uh, "You're my enemy." Now, He's not really—he uh, loves us. We love Him if we're His child. Uh, so that's our relationship with Him is secure. But He's saying, "You, you can, you can live your life at cross purposes to Me," mm. uh, and it's possible for. Uh, you to love me, but you to be walking far from me. And when you do that, you are hurting the work of God. You're hurting the kingdom of God. Now, all of us have experienced that. And uh, and times when we're just, we're just not in sync with Jesus. Uh, I think we all experience that as we talk about getting real here. We all experience that a lot. Uh, we experience it in a day sometimes. Uh, when we're just out of it part of the day. We experience it in a week. We can experience it in a month or in a season of our life where suddenly we wake up and we're just going through the motions, even as a Christian, and we're just not walking in a revived life. So what we want to see in these next uh, few weeks is is what I would call the patterns of personal revival. And I call it that because this is not six steps to personal revival, all right? They're, they're kind of given in bullet fashion by James, but it's, it's, it's more than just saying, okay, I do one, then I do two, then I do three. No, these are patterns of behavior, 
and of choices and of responses that should be in our life all the time in all kinds of different ways. And so we're going to look at this. This is a a way we can get back to the Lord and walk with the Lord and stay in living a revived life. So we're not we're not walking opposite of the way the Lord wants us to walk, and our lives are being used by God in the way that He intended. Now, listen, listen to what He says here in James chapter four. He says, "What are the verse one? What's the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is not the source your pleasures that wage war in your members?" Uh, and He talks about that, and then He says, verse four, "You adulteresses, uh, don't you know that friendship, when you're walking in the world," Uh, you're an enemy towards God. You're hostile towards God. Whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And then in verse 5, do you think that the Scripture speaks to no purpose when it says he jealously desires the Spirit which he made to dwell in us? In other words, God is saying, look, I, I placed my Spirit in you. I am jealous for you to listen and cooperate and live and abide with my spirit. Uh, I've gone to extraordinary lengths, even to the death of my son, so that you might live this revived life, this holy life. So I'm I'm jealous for you with with a holy jealousy, with a good kind of jealousy. And then you just, you get kind of overwhelmed and you say, man, how, this is, how can I do this? How can I walk with God? And he says in, in verse five, God gives a greater grace. In other words, you say, I can't do this. I can't walk with God. I keep falling. I keep slipping. I keep messing up. He says, I, I, I understand. I get it. But I give a greater grace. Now, I want you to understand, as we're beginning here, grace is undeserved favor, and we use it when we talk about amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. But it's more than that. Grace is the divine dynamic that gives me the power and the desire to do what God is asking me to do. In other words, Paul says uh, he had a thorn in the flesh. He said, God, I can't do this. And God said, I got grace. I got sufficient grace. In other words, I will give you every single thing you need to do what you need to do. So if you're sitting there right now and you say, man, I feel like I'm a million miles from Jesus. I feel like I just, I've got these habitual sins in my life and I keep sinning and sinning and sinning and I can't overcome them. Now hear the word of the Lord. There is a greater grace. God has more enabling power for you than you can imagine if you will humble yourself before him. He gives that grace to the humble, to the people who don't think they've got it all together, to the people who admit their sin and acknowledge their need, and then will cooperate with him. And then he begins to talk about these these, these uh, uh, patterns of living that lead to this revived life, to a holy life, to a life that is abiding in in Christ. And here's the first one. He says in verse 7, submit, therefore, to God. I need to live a life of submitting to God. Now, what in the world does that word really mean? Well, submit 
means to yield control. In a, in a in a nutshell, we think of a we think of a horse that has uh, been doing everything that it wants to do out in the wild, and it comes and it's broken by the by the old cowboy, and he goes through that process until finally that horse is willing to yield control. It's been going where it wants to go. It's been doing what it wants to do, but it realizes this this is not the best way to live. I need to yield to the master. I need to let him have control. Submission means to be willing to place yourself under the orders and the wishes and the desires of another. If you're uh, going down a road the wrong way on a one-way street and cars are coming and you're putting your life, their lives, the lives of the people in the car that are screaming at you in danger, and for some reason something happens to your arms and you and you don't have the ability to turn the car around, you know what? It's time to let somebody else drive. <laughs> it's time to say, okay, I can't do this. I need to yield control to you, right? So this needs to be a habitual pattern of our life. More and more we are saying to the Lord, Lord, I cannot do this. Every time I drive, every time I take the wheel, I go the wrong direction. So I want to yield control to you. I came to know Christ when I was uh, young, and my dad was a pastor, and I grew up in a great home, but I got away from the Lord. I just, I, you know, I had those years in, in uh, junior high and high school where I wanted to be cool and do everything the cool kids did and be recognized. And uh, so I did, got in a whole, a whole bunch of trouble. And But I was a believer, and the Spirit lived in me, and God jealously desired for that spirit to be in control. So I just got miserable. There's nothing more miserable than a disobedient Christian. And finally, I wanted to, to do better. So I started trying. I just thought, okay, I'm going to go on this Bill Elif self-help program, and I'm going to try to quit doing this and start doing this. And I mean, for about six or eight months, I was really working hard at the Christian life. And I was a total failure. I mean, I just I just could not make any progress. And I will never forget the weight of that and my absolute inability to do it right so overwhelmed me that sitting in a, in a church at 17 on April 4th, 1969, I said, Lord, I give up. I mean, literally, those are the words in my mind. I give up. I can't live the Christian life. It's almost as if I heard God say, hallelujah. I've been waiting for this because you can't. I never said you could, but I can. And I always said I would, right? I am able to lead your life, empower your life, but it's a matter of yielding and submitting to me. And that night, I just submitted my life to Christ. I said, Lord, I give you control, which meant uh, some things. It meant I'm going to listen to you. It meant learning about the Holy Spirit, which I didn't know about, who lived inside of me. And, and the Bible says in Ephesians 5.18, don't get drunk with wine. That leads to all kinds of 
crazy, excessive uh, behavior, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, what he's saying is, don't be filled with wine and let it control you. You be filled with the Spirit of God. You let the Spirit of God control you. I never understood that. The Christian life and a revived life is all about control. <laughs> it's about who's in charge. And I want to tell you something. Uh, today, right now, in your life, somebody's in control. And there are only two options. It's you or Christ. It's you or the Spirit of God. You are either submitting to Him today or not. So you say, Bill, how do I change that? Well, here's this pattern of living. Here's this means of living a, a revived life. And that is to just stop right where you are and say, Lord, I forgive me. I see what I've been doing. I see what it's yielding. I see what it's producing. The fruits of the flesh are pretty, pretty nasty. And so right now, I yield control and I submit my tongue to you. I submit my body to you. I submit my eyes to your control. I submit, I'm going into a meeting. I'm giving this meeting to you. I'm having a conversation with my wife. I submit my conversation to you and the words that come out of my mouth. It's living under his control. And that changes everything. And I can give you a little uh, test to see how you're doing in that on a regular basis. Pretty simple evaluative tool to see if you are submitting to the Lord or not. Uh, and that's this. How much are you praying? Uh, you say, well, I yesterday when I ate, I said, you know, Lord bless this food to the nourishment of my body. <laughs> Last night when I went to bed, I said, now I lay me down to sleep. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how often during the day are you turning to the Lord and saying, oh, Lord, I, man, I've, I've blown it and I have taken over the throne and I'm going to step off the throne and I'm going to yield control to you. I'm going to re-enthrone you as the Lord over my life, my speech, my experiences, this meeting, my family. I've been in charge of my finances. I want you to be in control of my finances. I've been in charge of my calendar. I want you to be in. You tell me what to do when, and I'll do that. So, Kyle, when we think of this matter of living this revived life, mm -hmm. right? Again, it's not a one, two, three step, but it's a pattern of submission. Right. I mean, that's where it starts. I, I've got to recognize that, yeah. and then I've got to yield control to him. Yeah, and it starts there, you yeah. know, and, and it's not necessarily the progression. Like you're saying, it's not one, two, three, but but it moves and flows. It's almost a dance, you know, mm -hmm. And that you got to recognize that there's there's an area here that I've not quite submitted to right. the Lord yet. You know, even as you're sharing, I'm thinking of areas in my life. Yeah. You know, that that I want I want Lord, you are Lord of all these things. Yeah. But you're not Lord of all. Right. Yeah. Right. And that that that's really a, a, that's a genuine surrender that that you can't fake. Yeah. And you know, the Christian life is a constant 
maturing, isn't it? I right. mean, it's growing up into the stat measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Right. So, like peeling the layers of an onion, there, there's just more and more. Right. When I think, right. I had a guy say one time about confession of sin. He said, "You get all the big rocks out, and then you, and then you think, man, I'm clean, everything's good. Right. And then you find the medium-sized rocks, <laughs> yeah, sure. and then you get the smaller rocks, sure. and, and there's always rocks, yeah, right." right? So we'll never, yeah. uh, we'll never live a life of perfect submission. Sure. But boy, we can really, you can look at a mature Christian right. and you just, you just see they're not struggling anymore mm -hmm. with letting Jesus be in charge of their sure. finances. Yeah. They've their settled patron, that. All those things. Yeah. They've settled that. Yeah. And it may have taken a big battle. Yeah. It may have taken a big failure to sure. get them to the end of themselves yeah. where they're willing to submit that to the Lord. Yeah. But I would just challenge our listeners to say, uh, is there what's the specific area right now where you're not submitting to the Lord? Sure. You know, where uh, uh Lord, you go home at the end of the day and and uh and the spirit just kind of whispers if you're listening, uh, why don't you turn off the television and talk to your wife. Mm -hmm. Am I going to submit or not? Am I? Does God know better or do I know better? Do I, I'm going to argue with him and say, God, I'm real tired. You know, <laughs> I deserve a break today. Mm -hmm. uh, or are you going to say, okay, Lord, you know what her needs are. Mm -hmm. And you know things that I don't know, so I will submit. Right. And it's not a, it's not a, dogged, dutiful, grudging submission. Yeah. It should be a glad submission mm -hmm. the more I know of the goodness of the Lord. Yeah. So, uh, Kyle, why don't we pray this in a little bit? Yeah. And uh, why don't you begin and then I'll close us. Yeah. And let's just, let's just pray about this. We're talking about patterns of personal revival. Right. Let's pray this in for our own lives. Right and invite all those who are listening to do exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Let's pray together. Just wherever you are, just take a moment, and even driving down the road, you can do this, and just come before the Lord. Uh, come into His presence through the finished work of Jesus, and let Him show us stuff that needs to be submitted, areas of our lives that need to freshly uh, find hands that are relaxed, and heart that's open. Father, I ask even now that you would show us, uh, Lord, areas of our lives that are not submitted to the lordship and the leadership mm -hmm. of our God. And, and that, Lord, I think that in my life, areas that are submitted uh, are easily seen. They can see, uh, others could see, friends could see. Uh, but areas that are not are still within. Mm -hmm. And so what I ask you to do in my life, in Bill's life, in every listener's life, God, I just pray you would show us the places where we still uh, try to control. Mm -hmm. That, Lord, that we've not willingly yielded uh, to you, God. And I pray, Lord, that we would trust you so deeply that submission uh, would become easier. That's right. Because you're good and you're God. And so mm -hmm. I, I pray for our listeners, even now, Lord, uh, your children. Just, just show show them just a little light on an area of submission right now mm -hmm. that needs to happen. 
Mm-hmm. And I pray that even when this podcast is over, they'll do real business with you, God. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just just sitting here thinking of of trying to to ride a horse that is unsubmissive, mm-hmm. and I've done that before. Mm-hmm. And it's a miserable experience, and you can't really get where you need to go. Versus uh, riding a good, strong, spirited horse, but who's gentle and submissive to the slightest touch of the master. Lord, would you make us like that? And I think of the psalmist who said, uh, he quoted the Lord saying to us, don't be like a mule. It's got to have a bit and a bridle to hold him in check. But let me counsel you with my eye upon you. So Lord, I pray that you could just look at us and we'd say, okay, and you would get no argument from us, mm-hmm. Lord, no contention, no. Mm-hmm. Or I think sometimes with our kids, and we tell them something, and they, and we got a we got a whole afternoon we got to work through, <laughs> Lord, of of uh, their uh, dissension or contention with that. And uh, Lord, we want to be more mature than that. Mm-hmm. We want to be uh, develop into men and women that you just you just talk to us. And we say, okay, and, uh, and we gladly submit to you. Uh, and I pray, Father, that this day and the coming weeks as we look at these patterns, that we wouldn't just hear these things, Lord, and, and go on, but they would, be, uh, they would be kind of massaged down into our life and, and worked out in our life. And we would become more and more uh, men and women who walk in continuous revival with you, continuous holiness. We, we really know how to abide in Christ. So, Lord, would you take us there, and not just only for our good, but for your glory and for our usefulness, and that we might be instruments of bringing your life, your revived life, to those around us. And we pray that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, as always, thank you for giving us some time today. And I'd really encourage you, in light of this truth, maybe turn the radio off or find you a quiet spot and let God show you. So I think He's speaking. I think He's revealing things. I know He was in me as I was listening. And I just encourage you to lean in. And as always, listen, if this touched your life, I bet it'll touch other people's lives. So why don't you take a moment and send it to someone and just encourage them to give it a listen and you can talk about it with them. So we look forward to seeing you even next week. Well, we're so glad that you're joining us on our One Cry podcast. And if you want more, uh, we can point you to a very easy site to get more. That's onecry.com. There are all kinds of resources there. There's a place where you can give and contribute to the cause of revival and spiritual awakening. Also, right on the front page of OneCry.com are some pathways to to just hit a button that will take you into all kinds of resources for your personal, your church, or a national, a journey into national revival and spiritual awakening. Just a lot of very helpful tools. So uh, check it out at OneCry.com. 